Okay, welcome to another episode of the Luke Tulloch podcast. I am Luke Tulloch. Okay, so there's something that came up recently in a podcast I did with Jungle Brothers, some awesome guys. Check that podcast out on the JB cast if you haven't yet, uh, which was eating for muscle gain. And it's something that we obviously don't talk about that much. And often when I'm talking about energy balance and macronutrient ratios and nutrient timing, that kind of thing, it's in the context of fat loss. Uh, and that's because most people are seeking to either lose weight or maintain weight that they have lost before. But of course, there are people who want to intentionally gain weight and we obviously want that to be mostly, if not all, from muscle where possible. So I thought I'd do a quick episode on eating for muscle gain and keep it pretty general and basic because after all, doing those things consistently is really what gets you the most gain in the long run anyway. So we'll dive right into it, but before I do that, please, if you find this helpful, uh, share it with somebody, give me a rating, and also I would like to ask you to keep an eye out for some of my upcoming stuff. I have a membership site in the works that is out in a couple of weeks time. I'll be making some more announcements about that on social media in the coming days, so uh, please keep an eye out on that. And with that said, we'll dive right into it. Okay, so eating for muscle gain. We need to start with the same fundamental principles that we use for fat loss. So if you're not familiar with this concept, there is a hierarchy of principles that uh, gives us the sort of most important things at the base of the pyramid. And as we climb up, things get less important. They still matter, but they get less important and less impactful. So to start with, adherence has to be spoken about. We need to be able to stick to whatever plan we have in place. I'm not going to go on about that too much, but I will reference it. Next up is energy balance. So obviously with muscle gain, what we're trying to do is make sure that we have enough energy around to support the new muscle tissue. Uh, there's a little bit of a nuance here because I think that in energy balance for fat loss, I have spoken previously about thinking about energy balance on a weekly basis rather than a daily basis. And this provides a lot more flexibility for people who work a regular job and for example, want to be a bit more social on the weekends. It means that you can be social, you can go out to dinner, you can uh, relax a little bit, say on a Friday and Saturday, something like that, and then tighten up your diet the rest of the week still remain in a weekly calorie deficit and lose fat regardless. Now, the principle will generally apply to muscle gain as well, but I think there is a fundamental difference. What we're trying to do when we gain muscle is we're trying to provide a signal to the body that there is enough energy around to support new muscle tissue. Muscle tissue is expensive to build, it's expensive to maintain, Every movement you do with more muscle tissue costs you more energy. So there has to be a very good reason for your body to go ahead and build and maintain more muscle tissue. On a cellular level, there is an energy sensing mechanism called AMPK. This is an enzyme. It stands for adenosine monophosphate kinase. Now, you might recognize the first part of that name, adenosine monophosphate. ATP, adenosine triphosphate, is the fundamental energy currency that we use within the body. So what AMPK is doing is it's sensing when ATP has been broken down and lost some of its high energy phosphate groups. 
If there is an abundance of AMP around, then we know that there is not a lot of available energy in the form of ATP. And so essentially this is the energy center of the cell and it will tell other enzymes and other proteins involved in muscle protein synthesis whether there is in fact enough energy to go ahead and build new muscle tissue. If we don't have that energy availability around, then that energy sensor, AMPK, will simply uh, put the dampener on protein synthesis. It doesn't mean that it won't go ahead, it just means that it's very hard to optimize. So that's the first thing, that we need enough energy available. Now, if we're thinking about protein synthesis, there is a limit on how much muscle we can build. It's impossible to simply eat more and more and more and more and let's say eat a 5,000 calorie surplus and generate enough tissue that would cost 5,000 calories to produce. It doesn't work like that. You can't force more muscle protein synthesis to occur than what is actually possible. Put it this way, if you had a factory and you were producing uh, items in that factory, there's a limit to how much you can actually produce in a day. It depends on how much machinery you have, how many workers you have, how fast they can work. There's a limit to it. You can't just put in more and more and more raw material and expect that there will be more and more and more production happening. So with that said, it means that simply having a really big surplus on some days, but not a surplus on other days, means that you're probably not maximizing protein synthesis on each day. So if we took the weekly uh, deficit example, it's perfectly viable to, for example, fast completely a couple of days a week to produce a calorie deficit for the entire week and you would lose weight perfectly fine there and probably you would lose a comparable amount of weight as if you took that exact same weekly calorie deficit but just spread it out over seven days instead of two. It's not the same for muscle protein synthesis. You can't overeat by a whole lot on two days a week and synthesize the same amount of protein as you would by eating in a smaller surplus seven days a week. It doesn't work. So there's a limit to how much muscle we can synthesize in a day and that means that for each day we want to provide a surplus it doesn't have to be a large surplus but it should be a surplus nonetheless every day i think this is the first issue that most people run into especially hard gainers it's very difficult to consistently eat in a surplus and if you are missing some days or multiple days a week where you're not actually eating in a surplus it's unlikely that you're going to build muscle at a rate that you want. Um, so it works like this. You have appetite regulating mechanisms in your brain. And what should happen is that if you overeat, your brain recognizes that there is a surplus of energy coming in and it reduces your appetite and tries to control your energy intake for subsequent days. This means that if you have quite finely tuned mechanisms that work quite well to avoid getting too fat, uh, that you're probably not going to feel very hungry many days of the week if you have attempted to eat in a surplus. And that means that there's probably going to be days where you are under eating when you were hoping to overeat to gain muscle. I think that's quite a common factor with people who are skinny and have a hard time gaining weight is that they just don't have the appetite to consistently eat in a surplus every single day. So that's probably the crux of what most people do wrong, is not being consistent enough with eating in a surplus every day. And that's where some of the advice around weekly energy intake is probably a bit different between 
eating to lose fat and eating to gain muscle. So how much energy should you be eating? I tend to recommend a five to 10% surplus from your maintenance calories. Uh, but I do think there is a minimum amount of calorie excess you should be eating. Um, so let's say some people may have a uh, maintenance calories of you know 1800 or 2000 calories, for example. Um, I think going with a 5% surplus in that case is probably too little. And here's the reason why. There is a natural variation in how much energy we consume, how much energy we expend every day, and how much energy is in our foods. Adding to that, there are margins for error with tracking. We don't track perfectly. Nobody tracks perfectly. Even people who are highly trained do not track perfectly. So you combine all of those and you know, if you think you're eating 2000 calories every day, it's quite likely that on any given day, you may be under or overeating by a couple of hundred calories. And uh, the average will obviously work itself out over time. So it's nothing to get worried about. And there's not really anything you can do about it anyway. But it does mean that if you're attempting to eat in a surplus, and your projected surplus is only say 100 calories a day, it's quite likely that on some days you will achieve that surplus, but on other days you actually won't. And that's just due to, like I said, tracking errors, natural variation in the energy content of the foods you're eating, um, your energy expenditure each day, that type of thing. So I think that pr uh, placing a minimum threshold for how much of a surplus you should eat is a really smart idea. I tend to set it at 150 calories. That may even be a little bit too low given what I've just said. Uh, but I think that's probably a good place to start, aiming for 150 calorie surplus as a minimum each day. But for most people, uh, between 5 and 10% surplus is probably a good place to be. Obviously, you don't want the surplus to be too small for the reasons I just stated, but you also don't want it to be too large. If it's too large, you simply max out the amount of protein synthesis you can support in a given day. And then there's all this excess energy lying around that just simply gets converted into fat for storage. So that's a recipe to get fat quite quickly, quite easily without you know, with the same amount of muscle gain that you could have gotten and stayed a little bit leaner anyway. Now we can also talk about the next level up in the hierarchy. We've spoken about energy balance and now I think macronutrient ratios is the next logical place to go. Obviously there's a minimum protein intake that is required and that generally changes uh, not very much between different conditions. So uh, whether you're eating in a deficit or in a surplus or changing other macronutrients around, generally protein can stay more or less stable. But I will make the point that when you're in a deficit, especially a long or particularly large deficit, uh, that protein intake should probably be on the higher end. So in that case, because muscle loss is a risk, higher protein intakes can actually help to preserve muscle mass. And part of the reason is because of that energy availability. If there's not energy available, the signal to the machinery that builds muscle and maintains muscle mass is not as powerful. And so we need to stimulate that a bit more through extra protein intake. That means that when you're in a surplus, you actually probably don't need as much protein as you do when you're in a deficit. And I think that's probably another big mistake people make. We know that generally speaking, people tend to find protein heavier and harder to eat a lot of. Some people don't, but most people do. And so satiety arguments aside, I mean, we can argue all day about whether protein is actually more satisfying than carbohydrate or whatever, but most people do find it more difficult to get in more protein.
And so I think the there is folly when you're trying to overeat consistently every day, and that's an issue for a lot of people. And then you're, you're making a lot of that come from protein. It can be far easier to get in that amount of calories required from other sources like fat and carbohydrate for many people. Uh, now, as far as how much protein to have, uh, look, anywhere between, I'd say about 1.6 grams per kilogram at the absolute lowest. You can go all the way up to as high as you'd like, but I think for most people going over around 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight is probably not necessary. That's about one gram per pound for anyone listening from the US. Uh, now the other stuff, the fat and the carbohydrate can be up to personal preference, but I do have a preference for using carbohydrate. The reason why is because past a minimum point, which is quite low, Fat doesn't really confer any benefits in terms of exercise performance or in terms of hormonal benefit. However, carbohydrate does. Carbohydrate will provide you with more fiber. It will provide you with more micronutrients, generally speaking. It will provide you with uh, greater contributions to exercise performance, which is obviously pretty important when we're trying to gain muscle. And it tends to be a little bit more hormonally beneficial. Now, I don't think there's a huge difference here. And I think if you're eating in a surplus anyway, you're probably getting plenty of carbohydrate. So if you did want to have a bit more fats, then that's totally fine as well, I think. Um, but bear in mind that some hormones uh, that are involved with building muscle or preventing muscle breakdown, such as insulin, are stimulated by carbohydrate, but they're not stimulated by fat. Fat can be easier to get in, though. So if we're talking about foods that contain carbohydrate, I just mentioned fiber, I just mentioned micronutrients. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> although fiber is generally a healthy thing that most people should be consuming a bit more of, if you're trying to gain weight and eat in a surplus and you're not hungry, eating a lot of fiber doesn't help that situation. So in that case, I think that it's quite a, a good idea to focus on some fat-containing foods to get the calories up without a lot of uh, you know, making you feel too full. However, that brings us on to our next point, which is the actual quality of the food you're eating and the micronutrient intake. So regardless of what macronutrient split you sort of choose to, to land on for a personal preference, I do think that the quality of the food matters. Now, the, the dichotomy here is that generally when people want to bulk, they tend to go towards junk foods or highly processed foods because they're easier to eat, they're tasty, they usually miss those foods when they're in a deficit trying to lose fat. So they kind of see this bulking phase as a ticket to eat more of those foods, which is fine. However, the problem is that when you are in a surplus, the uh, detriment to your health is far greater than when you're in a deficit. So I think calorie intake and energy balance is probably the most powerful tool we have for our general health. And being in a calorie deficit certainly helps a lot of things like inflammation, uh, general inflammation, um, obviously reducing fat mass, which can change hormonal adaptations. It can help fix up things like insulin resistance, uh, independent of the actual macronutrient split that you're using, a lot of broad general health things like that. And the problem is no matter what your macronutrient split is, if you're going into a surplus, those things start to become problematic. So there's this issue here where we're trying to eat more food. We see the availability of more energy every day as something that we can use to our advantage and eat some more junk foods. However, 
those junk foods are likely to have a far bigger impact on your health when you're in a surplus than when you're in a deficit. So there's a bit of balance to be found here. I think that in general, most people when they're eating things like fat sources, for example, tend to go for things that are more heavy in saturated fats. That tends to come from animal foods mostly, but it's also found in things like coconut oil. Generally, any fat that's solid at room temperature has a high amount of saturated fat in it. And they tend to not eat enough of unsaturated fats, which are generally fats that come from um, fish and come from plant sources. So typical healthy sources of unsaturated fats would be things like nuts, fish, and olive oil, vegetable oils in general. They tend to be liquid at room temperature. I think that even if you had the exact same fat intake every day, you generally see a better health outcome by consuming more unsaturated fats as a proportion of your diet. So that's a, a healthy, handy tip for you if you're in a surplus to try and make sure that where your calories are coming from is still looked after. On the carbohydrate side, most of the negatives associated with sugar intake tend to be more of a nutrient displacement issue, where if you're eating sugary foods, they tend not to be very rich in micronutrients. And that means that you're then displacing those micronutrient rich foods from your diet. So I think eating in a surplus, generally you have a lot of food availability to you. So you're eating quite a high volume of food, which means micronutrient intake will generally stay quite high, but there are people out there who get most of their carbohydrates from sugary foods, junk foods, um, yeah, or even not eat very much variety in their food intake. So I think it's still important to focus on getting in a variety of foods and focusing on not too much sugar, you still want the nutrient density there, but I don't think it's as big of an issue in terms of food quality as the fat side of things is. Okay, moving up the hierarchy, I think that the next thing we should address is nutrient timing. I think the main benefit of focusing on nutrient timing really is just making sure that you're able to get the food in. I don't see that there's a huge benefit to timing your nutrients a particular way. Uh, aside from sandwiching the workout with a reasonable amount of protein and carbohydrate to maximize muscle growth, I think outside of that, it doesn't really matter how you spread your nutrients out, except that if you are consistently trying to eat in a surplus, uh, skipping meals and waiting too long and ending the day when you need to eat you know, over a thousand calories or thousands of calories can be really difficult. I certainly find that in terms of controlling appetite when I'm in a deficit, doing something like an intermittent fasting uh, routine really helps me quite a lot where I keep the calories quite low in the morning and then I start to eat more throughout the rest of the day and that helps me keep my ap appetite under control. So sort of flipping that logic if I were to do the same thing when I'm trying to eat in a surplus, it makes it very, very difficult to actually get in the amount of food that I need to for the day without feeling extremely uncomfortable or unhappy because I have to eat more food. I've said it before, but I actually think eating consistently in a surplus is worse than eating in deficit in terms of how you feel, generally speaking, because to me, there's, there's nothing quite as bad as being full and having to eat another meal that you don't want to eat. So... To try and avoid that, I think spacing out your meals as evenly as possible and making sure you're staying on top of the meal timing and getting your meals in on time is a great strategy simply for adherence and consistency of getting in the right amount of calories. Uh, just going back to the workout piece, I think having uh, 
the workout sandwich with nutrients is a good idea. If you're going to stick nutrition anywhere to maximize the performance of a workout or the adaptations from a workout, it should be around the workout. And so having a meal of at least half your weight in kilograms of uh, protein and carbohydrate before and after the meal is a good idea. It doesn't have to be immediately before or immediately after, but I think within a couple of hours, either side is a good idea. So for example, you might eat uh, 0.5 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight and the same for carbohydrates an hour or two before training. And then you might do the exact same thing within an hour of finishing training if you're trying to gain muscle mass. I think the same goes when you're in a deficit anyway, um, but probably focusing more of those extra calories that you're getting in if you're in a surplus around the training period is a really good idea. It might not get you too much extra gain, but if you're going to put anything anywhere, it would be around the workout and trying to maximize that. Okay, so that's a few quick tips. I think I'm going to cut it off there. It's, it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward stuff. But like I said, being consistent with those basic things is really what gets you most of the way there. You know, we could go into some nuances with supplements and food quality on this different type of thing. Honestly, I don't think that that's really a big deal. And it kind of, I just want to keep this one short and sweet, just give you some food for thought. But essentially, eating in a surplus is a bit of a different beast to eating in a deficit. And although we always talk about eating in a deficit, there are many people out there who need to eat or want to eat in a surplus at some point in time. Okay, so thanks for listening. Again, if you liked it, please share it with a friend, uh, subscribe and rate, all that kind of stuff. Keep an eye out for the membership site announcement coming up very soon on Instagram. You can find me there at underscore Luke Tulloch, T-U-L-L-O-C-H. Otherwise, I'll catch you very soon for another episode. Thanks for listening.